0: Pour yourself a cold one. They
1: strike them,
0: huh? And listen to Russ Tucker break down the top college prospects on another tasty edition of the College Draft.
1: Yeah, it is Daddy Soda time, and it is NFL Draft 2020. Presented here on the College Draft pro- podcast by BetOnline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. They've got 100% bonuses right now. sign-up bonuses when you use the promo code PODCAST1. Speaking, by the way, of Daddy Soda Time, it'll be Daddy Soda Time tomorrow night, our second-ever virtual happy hour where every single person on the happy hour is able to ask me a question, whether it's about their team for the NFL draft or whether it's about, Daddy sodas or press box food or whatever you want me to ask me about. Just make sure you go over to Patreon.com slash RT Media. Sign up at the Tuckhead level at Patreon.com slash RT Media so that you get access to our private Slack channel just for Tuckheads that we chat on all the time. And in there, you will find our Zoom meeting link and password for Tuesday night, the 21st, 8 p.m. Eastern time. Absolutely hope to have as many of you guys there as possible. I'm Ross Tucker, former NFL offensive lineman. Five teams, seven years. Absolutely love the sport of football. Got a bunch of podcasts, including this one. He's Matt Wallman, at Matt Wallman on Twitter. Matt Waldman, com. That's the rookie scouting portfolio. It's 1,200 pages. This guy puts his life into this, and you are about to hear his mock draft. All right, Matt. So we know a lot about these players, but now it's where we think the team will pick them, and we'll start number one, Cincinnati quarterback Joe Burrow. I guess not much of a surprise there.
0: No, and, you know, the Bengals know what they have in Andy Dalton. And I think any hope that Ryan Finley could be a fourth-round bargain didn't materialize immediately. So Burrow's movement in the pocket and his skills fit well in a scheme that has playmakers if those two guys, you know, A.J. Green and and John Ross and, and company can stay healthy.
1: Another one that's not much of a surprise, at number two you have the Redskins taking Chase Young from Ohio State. Yeah, certainly
0: quarterback's been discussed as a possibility, but I think Ron Rivera and staff really want, want young. I mean, he's a stupendous athletic talent who can be paired with, you know, their second year hopeful Montez Sweat in the outside to create pass rushing bookends and Washington's offensive line, I think is good enough when healthy to support production when there's skill talent in this draft pool for later consideration. So I thought Young could be a good 3-4 outside linebacker than a 4-3 defensive end as well. So this looks like it could be a solid fit.
1: And number three, Matt, you have the Detroit Lions staying here, making a pick, and it's cornerback Jeffrey Okuda from Ohio State. I'll be curious if they go that route or take D-tackle Derek Brown from Auburn because their D-tackles right now are horrendous.
0: Yeah, and I think that's a... That certainly could be a very strong pick for them and and very likely. I just think that when you look at Darius Slay leaving town, and while they did get Desmond Trufant as a free agent, um, he's not as disciplined a technician, and I think the Lions would benefit from a second corner who could eventually overtake Trufant as the primary coverage option.
1: Number four, we have a trade. The Dolphins move up one spot and flip with the New York Giants. And they take quarterback Justin Herbert from Oregon.
0: Yeah, and I think the giant, the Dolphins are really the wild card at this early part of the first round. I mean, they could they could stay at five and draft an offensive lineman, or or stay in, and draft a quarterback, depending on what how the board unfolds. Uh, or they could try trade down and hope they get the quarterback later, or, or stay, or you know, move here where I have them. And I think the concerns about Tagli. Taguilov- Tagovailoa are overblown, but teams that are, you know, perpetually stuck in this early part of the first round of the draft tend to overthink, overreact to, I think, what's the wrong information and respond with layup picks. You know, these are picks that look safer to the public than they actually are on the field. And while Herbert's a solid prospect, I think he's going to need to be schemed around a little bit to get the most from him compared to Tagovailoa. Number
1: five, after the Giants trade down, they take offensive tackle Tristan Wirfs from Iowa. They pick him over the other three big tackles.
0: Yeah, and I think, you know, again, they're also a wild card here about them either, you know, trading down. Um, but, you know, this has a limited supply of top talent, and I think it makes sense to, to kind of be here and acquire one of the best athletes at the position who also has the technical upside to protect Daniel Jones and open creases for Saquon
1: Barclay. Number six, the L.A. Chargers. You think they pulled the trigger on Tua Tungo-Vailoa? Yeah,
0: I think that's the case because I believe that, you know, I believe Anthony Lynn likes Tyrod Taylor enough to roll with him this year, but I don't believe it for a hot second that he's telling the media the entire thought here, which is he feels good about having Taylor while Tungo-Vailoa learns the offense and continues rehabbing his hip if that's even necessary and when we're ready to play football, I, I think that talking about Low is a guy that you don't want to, don't need to worry about is Wunderlich or injury history. And if the Dolphins did, I think they get duped.
1: Fine. If it unfolds this way, they could take C.J. Henderson from Florida, Derek Brown from Auburn, but you have them taking Isaiah Simmons from Clemson.
0: Yeah, and I think if the Browns. If the Panthers could take Derek Brown, who's, you know, he's a monster, you know, as a, a run stopper, he could also be a guy that also does well at forklifting his way into the pocket as a pass rusher. But I, I think they've had success with these linebacker safety hybrids like Thomas Davis and Shaq Thompson in the past. And, and Simmons is a compelling athletic ability to be a future strong safety, but also has that size and range to develop into an outside linebacker. And, and the Panthers have TJ Green's a former second round pick of the Colts at strong safety who's also a 6'3 guy, but like Simmons, but was a cornerback at Clemson who struggled in coverage during his first two years with Indianapolis. So wouldn't be surprised if maybe they're looking at um, Simmons as a strong safety.
1: At this point, you have a trade. Number eight, Atlanta moves up from number 16 to take Derek Brown, a D-tackle from Auburn, and pair him with Grady Jarrett.
0: Yeah, and I just think, you know, the Falcons run defense struggle last year, and Jarrett w- played his heart out. I mean, he was kind of a one man wrecking crew for Atlanta, but there wasn't enough. But when you compare Jarrett with Brown, and Brown could command double teams, it's going to allow Jarrett to dominate even more as an attacking down lineman.
1: Number nine, the Jags. I think a lot of people think that they would take cornerback C.J. Henderson here. That's the guy you have plugged in for them.
0: Yeah, because, you know, Jacksonville has a lot of needs, including offensive tackle, defensive lineman, and, of course, cornerback. And Henderson's just an excellent fit here. He's a press man, cornerback. He's done a little work. He's a little work to do as a zone coverage guy. He'll lose track of his receiver. But he's skilled against the run. He plays physically, technically savvy and man. He's also speedy. He's a good last line of defense. I think he could start right away and hold his own. They kind of try to replace Jalen Ramsey in the, with this particular pick.
1: At 10, Cleveland needs a left tackle, and the two top ones are still on your board. Three tackles overall still available at number 10, and out of that group, you have them picking Andrew Thomas from Georgia.
0: Yeah, and I think the the rumor that the Browns will t- trade down and attempt to, to, to get a Boise State tackle as are Cle- um, Cleveland later in the round or maybe early in round two, it could happen, but I think if Thomas is available – I think the Browns will jump over this guy. I think he's a plug-and-play tackle. I think he worked well with Nick Chubb in his own scheme at Georgia, and I think he is one of the best prospects in this class. And unlike Cleveland, I think he's much closer to a finished product who can upgrade
1: this offense immediately. Number 11, the New York Jets. They also take an offensive tackle, Makai Becton from Louisville. Yeah, and I think
0: they could use a right tackle right now. And Beckton has the potential to really handle that role immediately before eventually switching to left tackle as he develops. And, you know, there's always a risk that switching sides could slow Beckton's development. But a big, strong, swift guy who, you know, will be an easy selection if he's still there at this spot.
1: Twelve, the Las Vegas Raiders. A lot of reports out there that Mike Mayock loves CeeDee Lamb, and that's how you have him going. First wide receiver off the board. The Oklahoma speedster.
0: Yeah, and there's no doubt that they they could also have interest in Jerry Judy, but I think Lamb has the better acceleration. I think he's a more efficient player, um, and I think he could provide greater diversity for that offense at a variety of spots.
1: Number 13, the Niners, another receiver, and they go with the fastest guy around, Henry Ruggs from Alabama.
0: Yeah, Dante Pettis, you know, he fizzled last year because the 49ers just didn't believe he worked hard enough to build on a successful rookie campaign in 2018. And Debo Samuel, he certainly shored up some of that gap. But the midseason acquisition of Emmanuel Sanders really was the difference for that passing offense in San Francisco. And while Judy could fit here because of his route prowess, I think Ruggs has enough route skills to justify that he'll earn um, that he'll be more than a one-dimensional field stretcher. I think he can be a Marquise Goodwin plus, plus type of player.
1: Number 14, the Bucks probably feel fortunate that one of the four stud offensive tackles fell to them, and it's a guy that plays right tackle in Jedrick Wills, a guy a lot of people think is the number one tackle in the draft.
0: Yeah, he very well could be. And certainly with Donovan Smith, who had excellent potential as a draft pick, but really hasn't materialized to the extent that maybe the Buccaneers hope. Wills is so proven. Great hand, sweet feet, excellent timing, really good savvy to develop into a bodyguard for Tom Brady this year. And then I would add perhaps a guy like Jacob Eason in future seasons.
1: Then you've got at 15 the Broncos taking Jerry Judy, from Alabama, they'd probably be pretty happy if Judy fell to them at 15.
0: Oh, absolutely. you know. And with Cortland Sutton playing as well as he did, they, they really need another receiver here. And Deshaun Hamilton uh, um, hasn't materialized into much of a threat from the slot. And Jawan Winfrey is really an interesting guy who could maybe be an answer for the Broncos at flanker. But adding Judy right away gives Denver a flanker who can also move into the slot when it suits the scheme. And they could put um, Winfrey on the outside there this year, possibly. Just look for Drew Locke and Judy to develop excellent rapport as their careers unfold.
1: 16. The Arizona Cardinals had traded down, remember, with the Atlanta Falcons. And at 16, you have them taking an edge rusher opposite Chandler Jones, Clavon Chason, the youngster from LSU.
0: Yeah, I mean, this guy's agile. He's smart. He's versatile. And giving them that formidable bookend from the edge, that's going to be helpful for a team that hopes to score a lot of points early and then pin its ears back and rush the passer for the rest of the day. I think this is going to be an excellent fit if it happens.
1: At 17, Cowboys, Javon Kinlaw. Interesting. I don't think many people think Kinlaw would fall this far, but he did in your mock draft. Maybe not a huge position of need for the Cowboys like edge rusher or corner, but you know they're, the D-tackles they got, Gerald McCoy and Don Terry Poe, aren't exactly spring chickens.
0: No, and you know this is a first-round athlete with excellent closing acceleration who can get a push one-on-one. He just doesn't hold up right now against a lot of double teams, and the whole of his game right now isn't yet the sum of his parts. So behind guys like Poe and McCoy, I think he can – learn a lot, and fulfill his potential within a year or two, and that gives him a little bit of a buffer.
1: Then you've got at number 18, the Miami Dolphins clearly want to get an offensive tackle, the fifth one to go off the board. You think they would take Joshua Jones from Houston here?
0: Yeah, I mean, I think they could opt for a quarterback early and then not, you know, but I think Jones is one of the last top tackle prospects Available, He's not as technically sound as his peers taken earlier in in what I've put in this mock. But I think there are a few true flaws here that can't be overcome. So, you know, they're going to be very happy if this all works out this way.
1: Then you've got 19 Las Vegas Raiders. They take cornerback A.J. Terrell and put him opposite Trayvon Mullen, his Clemson teammate who they took in the second round last year.
0: Yeah, I liked Mullen last year. And, and Terrell has some rough moments against LSU in, that, in the championship game. But he's a, he's a good man coverage corner with athletic ability. He should develop into a reliable starter. And that could be a nice tandem for the Raiders.
1: At 20, the Jags are up again. This is the Rams pick. And you have him taking Etor Gross Matos, the D-Lyman, D end from Penn State, number 20 overall. It's about as high as I've seen him go.
0: Yeah. And it's, you know, he's kind of projected more probably in the early second round. But at this stage, you're going to start to see guys who may have early second round grades, you know, maybe filter into the first round based on either need or how a team likes a player. And I think that, you know, Yannick and the wants out and the Jaguars need another rusher to pair with their second year option, Joshua Allen. And I think Gros is the type of guy that could probably fit
1: in there well. That means at 21, the Philadelphia Eagles are able to select Justin Jefferson from LSU. I tend to think the Eagles would be pretty happy if it unfolded this way and Jefferson was there for them at 21.
0: Yeah, I've talked to an Eagles fan that I know who's a colleague of mine, and his reaction to that idea was, um, I'll just say, without painting the picture he did was pretty positive. (laughs) Jefferson's a great fit for Carson Wentz. Um, because he can win quick-hitting option routes from the slot, but also win deep in the perimeter play-action game. And I think that works very well for what Wentz does um, well for this offense.
1: 22, another receiver, Matt. This time it's Denzel Mims from Baylor going to the Vikings. Fascinating. I I tweeted over the weekend at Ross Tucker NFL – that Mims is on every overrated and underrated list I've seen. It varies which one he's on, though. Sometimes he's on the overrated. Sometimes he's on the underrated.
0: Yeah, he's a polarizing guy. He's my number two receiver in this class. He's been that way for a while. And the Vikings need a big play threat with Stephon Diggs in Buffalo. And Mims can do that more as a perimeter option. He has great aerial skills. He's pretty tough over the middle, too. Um, I think that he's he's the type of guy that could fit in well for what the Vikings want him to do.
1: Twenty-three. You've got the Ravens trading up with the Patriots. I like it. Feels like a a Patriots move to trade down, get more picks, and the Ravens would get Patrick Queen, the off-the-ball linebacker from LSU.
0: Yeah, I mean he's got he has good range, and I think with his athletic profile, he fits what the Ravens want, and their cupboard's bare. So if if Queens here, I think they'll make up that and they'll trade up just a few picks to get that.
1: Interesting. And I'm, I'm seeing now looking at the rest of the first round, you don't have Kenneth Murray going.
0: No, I don't. And you know, he's a guy that I think at certain times really doesn't see the gaps as well as many, many people think. So I'm kind of, I, I, you know, there's some guys that are going to slide to the second round and he's just, he's one of those guys that I think will do that.
1: New Orleans at 24. You have him taking one of the local kids, Grant Delpit, the safety from LSU, who didn't have as good of a year this year as he did the year before.
0: Yeah, they picked apart Delpit for a lot of um, tackling issues, but I think he'd fit in well with the Saints' disruptive defense as a blitzer and a single high safety. And I think that this is a guy that he's so instinctive. Um, you know, a lot of people like Kenny Vaccaro in the past and they compare him to Vaccaro. But I think Delpit's a more instinctive player, and I think it's going to show up in a couple of years.
1: 25, the Vikings are up again. This time they're taking cornerback Jalen Johnson from Utah. They need a corner desperately.
0: Yeah, and this guy's an excellent athlete with some promises of press corner. So I think he fits another need in Minnesota right straight
1: away. 26, the Dolphins get the first running back off the board, and it's a stunner. Jonathan Taylor from Wisconsin wasn't expecting that one you've had you throw me for a few loops here Matt
0: (laughs) yeah well you know it's funny to me because Bob McGinn has this great report you know with you know he covers the Packers and he has all these scouts who tell him certain things around April here but whatever scout told Bob McGinn that Taylor isn't powerful and only gets what's gained fits the profile of the scouts who run their miles, to reporters in March and April. And I would just say, you know, don't listen to that because Jonathan Taylor is an excellent back. And I think it could fit into what Miami wants to do. If they're going to be a little bit of the Patriots South with, you know, their coaching staff.
1: At 27, you have the Seahawks taking AJ Epinesa, the defensive end from Iowa. I didn't realize he led the big 10 in hurries the last couple of years. I mean, it's unbelievable. Matt, how much production he got with running, you know, not able to break five seconds in the 40.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's interesting because he has some issues with bending and, you know, but he is an excellent edge setter in the, you know, as a run game and he has a great first step and good hand usage. And with the Seattle Seahawks losing Clowney, I think getting, you know, an edge rusher here is is one of the options that they may look at. And there's certainly a few others like, you know Julian Ogwara could be a, a possibility here as well um, you, you know but I think Epenesa is a guy that you know I could see the Seahawks liking certain qualities from him that maybe he may not be a top end guy for others but they seem to stick to their board pretty pretty tightly
1: there interesting now at 28 the Patriots traded down in your mock with the Ravens and at 28 the Patriots take center Lloyd Cushenberry from LSU, and this is the only time you have a parenthesis next to anybody on your mock draft. You have Harrison Bryant? Question mark.
0: Yes, and I and I could see the Patriots kind of taking Harrison Bryant here, who's tight end out of FAU. We didn't really talk about this year, but he's he's probably the best move tight end in this class, and and certainly the Patriots could use some more weapons in, in their receiving core. But at the same time, Cushionberry is probably the best center, and, and they need to shore up that struggling offensive line. And when you can get a center, you know, certainly you don't see a lot of centers go off the board in the first round. But in the late first round here, his skills, the way that you can really solidify the communication of the line um, and, and solidify that interior play, that could be very helpful to a young Jarrett Stidham.
1: 29, Tennessee Titans D tackle Ross Blacklock from TCU, perhaps – Replacing Jarrell Casey.
0: Yeah, he's an athletic prospect, and he has great lateral agility and a terrific motor. He can dominate as a one-gapping tackle, and I think maybe develop a little bit more in terms of a two-gapping player. But right now, that's a, that's a bit of a work
1: in progress. Number thirty. This is another one that stood out to me. Uh, your last. Your, your bottom of your round one was interesting. You know what? It usually is. Bottom of round one, there's usually guys that get taken there that people weren't expecting, um, and guys that you thought would be in round one end up falling. But you have Green Bay taking wide receiver Laviska Chenault from Colorado.
0: Yeah, and this is one that I'm sure you won't see probably on a lot of mock drafts. Um, but, you know, like you just said, it's one of those things that I want to take my shots with certain players that I think would fit well. And when you look at Chenault, he's elite as an athlete. He's an elite and versatile athlete. Even though his combine time wasn't great, he was running with a <laughs> with a with a sports hernia. I'm sure if we timed some of the faster receivers in the NFL um with a sports hernia, they probably wouldn't have run as well as he did. He has potential to develop quickly as a route runner. He could be a versatile guy who who could actually be an upgrade to what they once had. And Randall Cobb, you know, in a couple of years, I think this is a very good player that people have kind of gotten down on due to injuries.
1: Next up, number 31, the Houston Texans, which would mean they've traded with the 49ers and they come up to take edge rusher Julian Aquara from Notre Dame.
0: Yeah, I think he's a smooth pass rusher. He closes fast. He has some work to do as a run blocker. Um, but certainly I think that this is a guy that the, the Texans could probably see is, is helping them
1: out. Finally, number 32, Matt, the Kansas City Chiefs. They need a corner. I think they'd actually be pretty happy if they got Jeff Gladney from TCU at number 32.
0: Man, I sure would be, and it's and he's a physical, aggressive player, skill as a run defender, smart, great in trail coverage, I mean, I I really like what he's about, and I think he's the type of guy that really handles playing in traffic very well. And considering that the Chiefs like to, with Spagnola, like to really kind of switch their coverage off and have, you know, disguise their coverages a lot, I think Gladney's the type of guy that can handle that. Um, And so, you know, to me, him being able to fit here, I mean, it would be a sweet pick for the, the world champs.
1: What I like and what I think is sweet is when we get email questions, Matt, because that means somebody took advantage of one of our sponsors and then went ahead and emailed me, ross at rosstucker.com, with a question. This comes to us from Allison. Hey, Ross, faithful listener since your days at the Four Letter Network, and I love all your shows, especially the college draft this time of year. Can you tell me what my Lions can do in the second and third rounds to show solid improvement this year? We need interior O-line, but are there guys in those rounds who will make an immediate difference? Am I wrong to think they aren't too far away from being a 9-10 to 10 win team? That is from Allison, Matt. I would say, looking at their depth chart, they, they're short an interior O-lineman. They're probably short two D-tackles, if we're being honest. And yeah. they want a corner, like we discussed. They have Trufant, they have Justin Coleman, but they want another one. Coleman's really more of a nickel guy. I guess the good news is, Matt, they can probably get a good interior O-lineman in the second or third rounds. Um there's decent cornerback depth. I just don't know if they can really get a good D tackle there, which is why I, I, I still think they're going to take Derek Brown and not Akuda. You and I disagree there.
0: Yeah, but I can certainly understand why the need for a Brown would be there. And he's probably the best pick by far if they'd go with that. But, you know, other guys who might be interesting, you know, Justin Matabuike is a little bit undersized. Um, you know, but he's a guy that I think can be versatile. He's intelligent, um, and I think that he, he uses his hands well. I think that he's someone that might be a little bit of a surprise down the line, and maybe the the Lions might have some interest in him. He wouldn't be a bad option. Certainly, the interior offensive line, like you said, could be pretty good. You know, like the the kid Peters from Georgia, the the you know the the LSU guard. I think wouldn't be a bad you know obviously be good picks there. Um, that you can get in the second round and probably end up very happy uh, from that from that standpoint.
1: Excellent stuff as always, Matt. That was even better than I thought it would be. And now you know what I'm going to do. Hopefully, some of the other listeners will do. In addition to going on the virtual happy hour tomorrow night, 8 p.m. Eastern, is I'm going to go over to Bet Online. I'm going to use the promo code Podcast One, and I am going to be all over betting on the nfl draft why not as you'll hear from steve fezzik on the even money podcast it's a good event to bet on a really good event to bet on you just got more knowledge from matt you'll get knowledge on today's ross tucker football podcast you get knowledge from steve fezzik on wednesday then you go to betonline.ag Use the promo code podcast1 so that you get the 100% sign up bonus. Bet online, your online sports book experts. Please check out today's Ross Tucker football podcast. Hopefully, a bunch of you will decide to be a part of the virtual happy hour. And then next Monday, Matt and I will be all over breaking down the draft from a bunch of different perspectives. It is going to be epic. You are going to love it, and that will all be next Monday. Other than that, the keg is kicked. We're all tapped out. Thanks for listening to the College Draft Podcast. Make sure to also subscribe to the Ross Tucker Football Podcast, Fantasy Feast, Even Money, and the Business of
0: Sports. All available at Apple Podcasts, Rostucker.com, or wherever podcasts can be found.